When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, Rifters! This is Rifts and Rules, the 5e D&D podcast where we go through the many 5e books and talk about various rules to enhance your gameplay experience. I'm Remy, Dungeon Master, and a player on the Riftwake podcast. I'm Mitch, a player on Riftwake and a D&D enthusiast. And today's topic is... Variant Skill Checks. So Mitch, what is a skill check? Ah, like... Technical definition? Shit, you put me on the spot. (laughs) Uh, Rolling for something to see if you're able to do it. Yeah, pretty much. So, with that in mind then, what is a variant skill check? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So, let me put it this way. I would assume that you're familiar with the intimidation skill. Yep. And you're also familiar with... a the preference of a lot of people to play really strong melee-type characters. Yeah. So, why is it that by the regular way that it is rolled, intimidation is actually something that melee strength-based characters are pretty terrible at? That is a good question. Why is that the case? Well... I mean, you can be, like, really strong, but if you still look like some dude who just cuddles puppies as a hobby. Like... <laughs> so, by rules as written, to talk about from the mechanics point of view, normal intimidation checks are considered to be based on the charisma skill. So, a character rolls their charisma and then add their proficiency bonus if they are indeed proficient in the intimidation skill. There are times, however, often in fact, where this can be somewhat silly. In particular, if you have the big scary guy that just, like, grabs a crowbar, bends it in half, and just says, that will be your spine if you don't tell me what I want to know, the fact that they don't get a good numerical bonus to their role Generally, of course, it's possible to have a good charisma, but on average, that's not a great stat for such individuals. That's silly. Well, maybe maybe they're wearing those big Groucho Mark like glasses with the giant mustache (laughs) attached. Uh, (laughs) You got to admit that would deflate any situation, no matter how how intimidating you are, or make uh, it worse. I suppose. I mean, that might be actually a bit of a tangent, but you've 
put the idea in my head. That would be a kind of hilarious magic item if it was something that existed that gave disadvantage on <laughs> intimidation, but maybe advantage on deception. Because, <laughs> boy, could that man talk his way out of some unusual situations. But anyway, that is a bit aside for where we're going for today. The point that I want to make is that there actually are written rules for a variation on how skills can work. So this is straight out of the player's handbook even, not even something from the Dungeon Master's Guide. And honestly, this is just a paragraph, so I'm just going to read most of it because it makes sense. Variant. Skills with different abilities. Normally, your proficiency in a skill applies only to a specific kind of ability check. Proficiency in athletics, for example, usually applies to strength checks. In some situations, though, your proficiency might reasonably apply to a different kind of check. In such cases, the DM might ask for a check using an unusual combination of ability and skill. Or you might ask your DM if you can apply a proficiency to a different check. For example, if you have to swim from an offshore island to the mainland, your DM might call for a constitution check to see if you have the stamina to make it that far. In this case, your DM might allow you to apply your proficiency in athletics and ask for a constitution athletics check. So, if you're proficient in athletics, you'd apply your proficiency bonus to the constitution check, just as you would normally do for a strength athletic check. Similarly, when your half-orc barbarian uses a display of raw strength to intimidate an enemy, your DM might ask for a strength intimidation check, even though intimidation is normally associated with charisma. So, just because I'm curious, Mitch, have you yourself actually read any of the 5th edition books? Uh, I skimmed through them when I was making my uh, first couple characters. But. Were you aware that this existed as a variant rule as written? Nope. Have you ever heard of skill variation before? I want to say yes, but it's probably from some podcast or another. Okay. So this really is one of those rules that just makes sense logically, is written as an optional variant right in the player's handbook, and yet this really is one that Average D&D players, and DMs for that matter, don't know is there. Because it is literally just one small paragraph just at the bottom of the section talking about skills. So it is almost entirely unknown. Which hurts my soul a little bit, because I love things that logically make sense. So the fact that skills and abilities are generally thought to be locked hand in hand is irksome. On the other hand, just to be fair, it is true that this is a variant rule. So technically speaking, this is an option. A DM always has the freedom to say that the listed skill and ability check pairing is the rule as written and therefore is the way that they will do such things in their world. However, 
that is incredibly limiting in my opinion. But before I do go off on my typical rant, I am curious, Mitch. Can you think of any downsides to allowing the more mix-and-match variation? Huh. Might get players bitching and moaning sometimes, but that's really all I can do. What for? Uh, if the DM says no. No, no, I'm saying to using, a uh, downside to using oh. this. No, not really. I'm sure there is, but I can't think of any. I can only think of one, but to be fair, it's a pretty significant one. If you do use the normal rules as written, then you have the number that you need to roll known on your character sheet, whether that is in person or whether that is using an online tabletop. If you are more willing to do the mix and match, then you suddenly have a fuck ton more numbers that might need to be actually calculated in order to do these types of different checks. And especially if you're playing an on online tabletop, that can be rather troublesome if you normally just click a thing and it goes. So using that classic example of the strength intimidation check, if the character sheet that you're playing with has your normal charisma intimidation, then that means that you actually need to math and actually need to pay attention to, oh yeah, what's your proficiency bonus at this level? What is your actual... Uh, score in strength to add to that in order to get the strength intimidation like you need to math and considering how much math is in D&D it's not terribly surprising that there's also a correlation I'm sleepy folks um anyway yes correlation of people that hate needing to do math for D&D, which is one of the reasons that online character sheets have become so popular in the last couple of years, especially. So just to use a more direct example, Mitch, do you actually pay attention to what your proficiency bonus is at any given level? I'm not going to lie. I don't know how to figure that out. <laughs> so <laughs> that's kind of the point that I'm trying to make. Most players just trust their DM to have done the math right for helping them make the character sheet. Or, you know, if you do have a player who is more my style that does all of the math, then that still is a lot more numbers that need to be kept track of. And needing to math is a pretty serious downside for a lot of D&D players. So I or can you hope understand. The, uh, character builder on some online tabletop does it for exactly. you. Exactly. But if you do play online just on Roll20 or whether you just have D&D Beyond for your character sheet online, that does tie the ability scores to the normal rules as written. So what a lot of people don't know, though, is that there actually are buttons that you can press in D&D Beyond that let you customize the numbers of ability scores. And that actually is something that you could use to do variant ability scores in D&D Beyond. And then from that, you know, linked to whatever other type of thing you're playing. But most people don't even know that that is an online functionality. Like they actually do have that feature where you could just click on any skill, customize it, and then you can actually, there is a button that literally is skill stat override. And then you could just use that to change what skill you use. So if you have 
a fighter or a barbarian or just some melee character and you want strength intimidation to be your default you can do that and actually change that setting in D beyond to allow you to do so most people don't even know that you can click things to change the numbers though let alone that that is right there as an option but you can and it's there and it's real helpful so even if you are anti-math you can do it and set the character sheet to do it for you so you don't have to which is always a handy thing because as much as i do like numbers and charts i don't want to have to calculate what i need to roll for my ability check every single time so i'm not gonna i'm just gonna set it to do what i needed to but anyway that aside can you think of any other situations where you want to do a different type of check? It's uh, no. more of just like other I, types I of mix and no match that might on this topic, really. So one of them is a topic that is asked about a lot that most people just don't know what to do with, which is, hey, Mitch, if you're new in a city and are trying to find out some information, what type of check do you roll? Streetwise. <laughs> eh? What <Yes>. streetwise? <laughs> <laughs> what is that, 40? That's 40. Yeah. Uh, history, I, think I would guess. Or maybe I intelligence. Mean, that's the point. Like, yeah. with the removal of streetwise as a skill, there isn't really a skill anymore that is, like, I'm just talking to people and trying to figure out what's going on. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, honestly, the best solution that I have ever come across for that situation, you normally, the investigation skill is meant to investigate. You're figuring out, trying to gather clues. However, that is an intelligence-based skill. But if you actually did an investigation charisma check, 
That's Streetwise, for all intents and purposes. Also, when was the last time you actually knew anyone who actually took proficiency in investigation? Man, I listened to, like, a, a police D&D one, and, and they don't have proficiency in investigation. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the most underused skills in 5th edition, because it is an incredibly confusing and vague skill to most people, players and dungeon masters alike. On the other hand, if you as a DM like just made it known at your table that investigation charisma was your canonical equivalent of streetwise, do you think that that might get some more use? Probably not, let's be honest. See, I don't agree with that. Well, it would be used I still don't think anybody would be proficient in it. I really don't think that you're right, because there are lots of players that I've had over the years that just do like talking to people on the street in order to just gain information. Like, where might something take place? Is there a person that we should know about or trying to just find information on someone or something that might be a target? And like, you would imagine a bard would be really good at that. And you'd imagine a bard would be really good at that. But by 5th edition rules as written, there isn't really a skill that is that. On the other hand, could you imagine if suddenly you had a bard who used their expertise in investigation for once because the DM was willing to allow investigation charisma checks in order to actually gain information, to basically have streetwise once again in fifth edition DD. I think that that would make the skill see a lot more use because that is something that adventuring parties do a lot. What is slightly funny to just me personally though is that we are notorious on Riftwick while we're actually playing DD ourselves to not do any of the information gathering side of adventuring so you are right that that's not something that our group actually does a whole lot but that just makes us an outlier we are not the norm when it comes to that we're not alone but i would say that the majority at least would try to do something occasionally to get more information have we ever tried investigations always like bullying for information yeah, yeah. Deception, intimidation. We're, we're not good. Yeah, I'm starting we're to not for all a bunch of assholes. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, what I really like about making use of this variant rule is the fact that it opens up so many options. It lets players try things because, okay, another thing, Mitch. How often... Is there a player at the table who just doesn't know exactly what the right thing to do is, so they just stay quiet and say nothing? Yeah, I, I get that way sometimes. Yes. <laughs> if we were in the same room, I would be looking right at you. But the thing is, by making this system more flexible, then you are giving a more opportunity. Because this can let players, instead of worrying about, do I have the right skill for this, can just ask the DM directly, like, hey, I want to do this thing. And then the DM can simply allow it. 
if you want to have the player make the strength intimidation check because they're just trying to be like the menacing figure behind the talkie guy or they want to have just anything else like okay how often do you see a dm have a character roll an arcana check to see if they're able to notice something um like to notice a magical trap sometimes but i mean I notice a magical trap or notice that there's some weird magical effect around or just like if they're trying to analyze something and just like feel it out with their magic. I've heard other podcasts do that. Again, our group doesn't gather information, nor other groups do. So this is something that you are at least familiar with, yes? Yeah. And yet... Because Arcana is an intelligence-based skill, that implies pretty heavily that sorcerers, bards, warlocks, just all the other magic users that aren't intelligence-based just aren't great at that. Because it is not terribly uncommon for other magic users to not have the best intelligence, and yet somehow they're able to shape the forces of magic just through will and feeling. And yet, even when you are trying to do these variant uses of the arcana skill, most DMs still make it an intelligence-based role instead of actually having it just be the arcana skill, if you're proficient or not, and then whatever is your spellcasting modifier. Because if you are feeling with your magic, that's what you should be using mechanically. And yet, once again, DMs almost never actually do it that way. They are very much more likely to just treat skills as a just locked-in thing. And that's just so limiting on what characters might try and just logic. I fucking hate bad logic. Like, even in a game like D&D, and yes, for all of my love of D&D and knowledge of D&D, I can still acknowledge that there are many aspects of D&D that are imperfect, and many aspects that are just arbitrary game rules for the sake of just mechanics and simplicity, particularly for 5th edition. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't use logic if it makes sense for the situation at hand like trying to feel a magical effect or feel if something might be magical like if you are a dm who allows that type of role in the first place then yes role proficiency if they have that with their spellcasting modifier so i could keep going just down the list honestly of just like what other different combinations can exist but i am just kind of curious mitch but can you think of just any type of check that you think would be just an interesting combination of the two Hmm. 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 (laughs) (laughs) i mean i'm sure if you gave me a long enough period of time i could come up with something but all right well if you do come up with one before we finish recording just go ahead and chime in yeah I'll I'll move it to this point in post. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. 
what type of what ability score is paired with religion? What is that? Wisdom or intelligence? Actually, so it is. This is another just very common, huh? When you consider that most religion checks are knowledge checks and therefore intelligence based. However, that still makes it just feel wrong a lot of the time when you do consider that that means that a paladin or a cleric are, statistically speaking, really likely to have bad stats in their religion skill, which is fucking weird. And even if you do assume, like, well, it's knowledge, so it's got to be intelligence, I just don't agree with that. Because you're saying that a cleric who, you know, was like a cloistered scholar and has been taught like all of the just knowledge about, you know, their god, their god's allies, enemies, just all of those things. And that doesn't matter. The fact that the background might give the proficiency, but the fact that it doesn't matter, like you're not applying logic to the situation. Like even if you're not you know, a brilliant scholar, by sheer just dint of time, you should have some amount of actual skill in the skill. So making religion checks with wisdom for clerics and paladins would make a lot of fucking sense in my book. And yet again, by rules as written, that's just not the case, which just irks the hell out of me. And that was actually, again, one of the things that I did like in 4th edition was the fact that religion actually was a wisdom-based skill because that was the relevant stat. I feel <sighs> like medicine should be intelligence-based. You would think so, but it is wisdom. Because, again, it's designed to be used by clerics with a role because you can use a medicine check to stabilize something. So this yeah, but wouldn't is you need to know how you would think. But again, this is a perfect example of game mechanics like overriding logic because for game balance's sake, it makes sense that clerics would be able to be good at medicine or druids should be able to be good at medicine. So they made it a wisdom-based skill even though you'd think that medicine would be an aspect of knowledge and therefore intelligence. So because of class balance seems to be why they made that decision, which is rather interesting. But again, if you are playing a wizard who took training in medicine, I would say it makes sense to roll intelligence for the medicine check because you have studied to do so because wizard. Do you see the point that I'm making here? It is so much easier to make interesting character choices if you allow this mix and match customization, to allow this variant rule in your games. Because regardless of what is the default ability score to pair with the skill, making use of this allows characters to actually make more choices, it might allow players to just attempt more things that they might not otherwise. And honestly, and most importantly, it 
improves the logic of your world to just make it feel like a more realistic place, which helps make a more interesting story and can make just a better time around the table where you don't have players like me screaming that something doesn't make sense. So for player's sake, for DM's sake, for logic's sake, I highly suggest you actually implement this into your own worlds. Thanks for listening to this episode of Riffs and Rules. Please leave us a review and give us five stars on iTunes. Also, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Tiers start as low as a dollar, and even that much really helps us out. Supporters get benefits such as behind-the-scenes content, early access to episodes, access to a monthly hangout where you'll be able to chat with the cast, and even input on Riffs and Rules topics. Find us on social media on Twitter at Riftwake Podcast, on Facebook as Riftwake, on Reddit on the subreddit r slash Riftwake Podcast, and you can send us an email, riffsandrules at gmail.com. That's riffs A and D rules at gmail.com. You know, Coralis, uh, you know, word. Coralization? Correlation? Uh, I got angrier than I expected there. <laughs> you uh, it did a bit, actually. No, it wakes you up better than a little bit of rage. <laughs> it's what gets me through life. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.